introduction 
Yes, yes. So tell, tell before we bring him through, PJ, what is your first memory, first thought? And if you're wondering who we're talking about, we're talking about our guest today, Tony with the keys, you know, like the keys to your heart, the keys to your house, to your car, to your music. What is your first thought when you, you know when you first met him? What was that about? Tell me. When I first met Tony, I said he's a creative. That's the very first thing that, that I thought of. And then when I heard his music, uh, because I did a little bit of research on YouTube and went and listened not only to the music that he created for Glenn Lundy, but I listened to some of his other music. And then we actually had an opportunity to collaborate for another song. Toilet, toilet paper song? No, we did. That's 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 all PJ. I, I don't know that he would want any credit with <laughs> with the TV song. That's all PJ. But we did a uh, Breakfast with Champions. Did a collaboration for your for the Grow Your God uh, for Grow for God's Sake conference, and he or orchestrated that. And I mean, Tony with the keys is off the chain. Yeah, were you there for the music video? It was too cold. I was like, eh, no, eh. I didn't get a chance to. I, I wasn't able to go. Yeah, it was too cold. You would, you would, you, you didn't miss much. It was, it was cold. So let me tell you the experience. First of all, when I had the idea, I reached out to different people. You know, can, can you write this? And some people said yes, and it just kind of took forever. And when he talked to me, PJ, I loved how he asked me a bunch of questions, and he kept asking me questions and then throwing back ideas. And he was, you know, he was like, well, Tina, I think you need an anthem, you know, something for your tribe, something that's going to be memorable. Without further ado, guys, make the noise. Give it up for Tony with the keys. With the keys. What's up, y'all? How y'all doing? How y'all doing? You caught you, you pulled me up right in mid-drink. I was in mid-drink of my water. You pulled me up. What's up? Hey, I want to, before I throw it over to PJ, because the way he's been doing it these past few weeks, I feel like a little redhead stepchild in the corner. So I just want to say thank you so much for coming I don't through. I no red hair. Uh-huh. <laughs> Thank you for coming through as a man, as a human, because it's not easy to be open and share your story with people. So without further ado, I'm throwing it over to you, PJ. I'm just going to close my mouth now. Well, thank you, Stars, Tina, Tony with the keys, bro. We are so happy What's to up, have Pastor you Jeff? on the Mind, Body, and Soul Awakening show. Let's begin with you letting the viewers know a little bit about who you are, where where you're from, who you are, and where you are right now before we dive into it deeply. Absolutely. First and foremost, I'm so grateful to be on the show. Um, both you and Stars Teen, I look up to both of y'all. You know, y'all are just awesome people to follow. And so I'm, I'm grateful to be connected to you. So first and foremost, I'm a man of God. Um, I was raised, born and raised in McAllister, Oklahoma, where I grew up in the church. My dad is a pastor. Um, I grew up playing uh, the drums in church, playing the piano in church, singing in church, um, doing all these things. And and uh, as life has progressed, I've ended up now I'm in Arkansas and in, uh, in northwest Arkansas, uh, where the college is and where it's they call this Walmart country because this is where the Walmart headquarters and stuff is. So um grateful to be here. And that's that's kind of my where I'm from, who I am and where I'm at now, uh, you know, as, as far as like location, who I am. I do. I, I'm a music creator. I create 
uh, I write. Uh, I'm a marketer, a master marketer, and uh, I just love to tell people stories utilizing the gifts that God has given me. So that's Tony with the keys, man. Tell a little bit about your family real quick. Yeah, so I am uh, one of three three kids. Uh, I've got an older brother, half brother. Um, his name, ironically, his name is Anthony as well. And then, okay. and then uh, comes me, and then my younger sister. Uh, her name is Waverly. Uh, we call her Wu. And uh, I've got two amazing parents. My mother and father. Uh, they've been such a support system for me, and just through life and encouragement. Uh, like I said, my dad is a pastor, my mom, first lady, and just was raised in it, was raised, you know, uh, with everything that I could I could ever hope for. And they just set me on their shoulders and allowed me to see so far. And, and here I am today. Grateful because of it. All right. Well, I might get you in trouble on this one. Tony with the keys. Are you married? Do you have a? I a, am. I am. So family? I didn't. I didn't even go in. <laughs> I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. She's over there. So I have a beautiful wife, Tiffany Washington. I've got three children, um, and one on the way. So my oldest is Anaya Rain Washington. She's uh 16. I've got an 11 year old, Tylen Washington. She's uh and she's 11. I've got a six year old, Timberland uh, Washington, and then. My uh, unborn son, he'll be here uh, in January. His due date is my birthday, January 3rd. So that's that's kind of a, a special situation. Look at you. Look at you. Yeah. Look at you. We couldn't leave that out. She wouldn't like no, man. Hey. messed up. You messed up. Look, I'm you mad at myself for, for not going in on him, man. Uh, yeah, she's going to watch this too and be like, what's up with me? Well, Tiffany, it was just a minor oversight. That's we corrected it. it. So don't put him in the doghouse. That's right. With That's right. with that being being said, tonight we want to talk about a subject. I believe it's called recidivism, and I'm if I'm pronouncing it wrong, then y'all forgive me. Y'all know what I'm talking about. But it's simply the effect of those who are incarcerated being let free and then going back to jail or to prison. Unfortunately, the statistics suggest that while black men make up a minority of men in America, we have the highest recidivism rate. We also have the highest incarceration rate with Hispanics following. And with that tonight, as we talk about mind, body and soul awakening, and you have gone through all three, I want to go do go directly into Tell us a little bit about your experience of being incarcerated. So before I go into that, and, and I, I appreciate this conversation so much because it's, it's a story that I don't lead with typically, but it's, it's definitely a part of my story. And I always say my whole name, my whole story is in my name, Tony with the keys from everything I've been through. Um, and what actually led me to that situation um was being in the streets. So Tony with the keys, I was, I was doing just everything. I was in the streets. I was selling drugs. I was doing drugs. I was a part of, I was kind of living a double life and it caught up to me and it, and it will always catch up if you are not being forward and you live in two different lives, like it'll catch up to you. And, uh, and, you know, I ended up getting, getting locked up, 
uh, incarcerated, like really throughout my 20s. Um, I was in and out of jail. And so I was a part of that statistic, that recidivism statistic, uh, in and out, uh, not really learning my lesson as much, um, getting slicker, what I thought was slicker, but still coming up short. And, you know, it was it was this last stint where I ended up being being incarcerated for three and a half years. Like the first time was was like a boot camp. The second uh -huh. time was a little bit longer of a boot camp, like a year. And then this the third time that I actually went back in, um, I was I was gone for like three and a half years. And it was it was just eye opening because the other ones were kind of like, you know, they were kind of kitty camps. And and this this time I was actually in prison um, with, you know, killers, with with people of all sorts of people. But I realized that these people are are people just like me who may have made some bad decisions. And I think that that's kind of where this name was really birthed is because I realized that even though I was locked up, that there were other people who were struggling with with mental prisons and phys and phys you know other than the physical prisons mm -hmm. mental prisons spiritual uh um uh emotional prisons i mean if, if financial prisons like and so it it became a mission for me to be the key that unlocks those um okay. i say that that you know jesus is the master key and i'm just you know i'm just i've just tapped into the source so i can help others unlock those those prisons that they might find themselves bound by I like that. And the point that you talked about of prisons outside of the physical prison, I often say that the worst prison is the prison of your mind because you automatically, you hold the key to it. And the only person that can let you out of it is you. And so as we talk about the prison of the mind, what was it about your mindset in your twenties and at whatever it was that led up to you being incarcerated for for the three years, let us in on where your mind was at during that time frame. Um, I was, I was really just it was clouded, like it was clouded. I was uh, in with the wrong groups, the wrong crowds. I was doing things that were, uh, you know, really self seeking. Um, what I thought was was what I was trying to accomplish. I realized that it was never accomplished. As a matter of fact, it, it actually took that that situation, me being gone, where I realized that the stories that my that my parents would tell me and that people, the elders would tell me like that that path leads not to nowhere. But but, uh, you know, dead or in jail. And I realized that both of those are a box and you might as well be dead. Like and it's and it just it really I realized that I had to die to those things. Um, my mindset was. At, at best clouded, you know, I was, I was trying to get over on people. I felt like, uh, and not being as, as forward as I could because I had other agendas and it just, it just, the epitome of it, it led to like the moments before I got locked up, I was, I wanted to get locked up because I couldn't control the things that was happening to me. I was, I was using, I was, uh, trying to sell and selling is just as addictive as using. And, and mm -hmm. I was a part of the problem, you know? And so, um, that was where my mind was. And I, and I'm able to, to look back on it and realize that my mind was just in a, in a bad place. 
uh, now. But at that time, I thought that everything was good. But I, I knew that I needed something different for myself. Um, and so, yeah, that was that's in a, in a nutshell. That's it. OK, well, one of the things that I heard you say there, Tony, is that association you were you were hanging around the wrong people. There's a mantra that says birds of a feather flock together. And with you hanging around people who I like to say are operating in the negative frequency range. And, and I believe that most people have operated there at some point at time to some extent. It's that you, we have to get out of that environment if we don't want to be influenced by that environment. They often say that if you are the oddball in a group that one or two things is going to happen. And that's either that group is going to influence you to do what they're doing because the odds of you influencing them to do what you're doing are very slim. So with that, that being said, you're incarcerated. You've, you've learned that you're not as slick as your mind was telling that you were. It, mentioned that there was an addiction both to selling and to using take us into the prison with you in during that time frame and lead us up to your mind shift so like i said i'm i'm i come from like a, such a good background uh my parents uh you know, they, they were there supporting me. They, they stayed down with me through, throughout it all. But it was, it was me being in uh, a situation where there was just such solitude and I didn't have the things that were around me that were distracting me, keeping me from, from my purpose. And I, and I, and I just, you know, there's so much noise that happens whenever you're, and whenever I said clouded, like, I, I guess I could have said it was just a noisy mind frame. Okay, and I had that that solitude, that opportunity to, to be still, and uh, and really reflect on who I and who on who I was and who I the story that I was I was meant to tell, the story that I was a part of, and I just had that awakening at that at that point, like to where I knew that that was not meant for me, like I was not gonna die there. That was not who I was, um, and you know i talked to this to to one of the one of the what they call the old heads in there one time and, <laughs> and and so in 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 those situations like they the mirrors are warped they're they're not really good mirrors and uh i was kind of complaining about the mirrors like man they don't even want you to see yourself in here they don't want you to see how you really look and he said tony look around you everybody here is a reflection of who you were and it's just now manifested. And now this is look around you. This is who you are. And I looked around and I thought about that. And, and something said, like, if this was a reflection of the past deeds that I've done, what brought me here, then I can make my I can I can change the way that I look externally by changing what I look like inside. And um, I really just I really just started to to really dive in on who I was. I started writing down the goals that I had for my life. I started really just uh, training myself, reading, reading, reading uh, daily all the time. Um, we started holding groups and and just being a part of the solution while I was in a, in a situation that could be problematic. Um, and, you know, like there's a lot of resistance uh, 
whenever you have a purpose on your life, there is resistance from the enemy to try to attack you. And, and the battlefield is in the mind, Pastor Jeff. Okay. Like, and so there's there's so much resistance and the enemy will try to try to have you believe that you don't need, you know, that you don't need to worry about others and that you don't need to improve yourself, that you are who you are. And I believe that that's what got me to that point that I was at. And that mind shift allowed me to know that that resistance, that enemy trying to 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 keep me dumbed down, um, it was it was not real. It was false, and that I could tap into a greater power than than what that was, and be become like who I was becoming. Um, I realized at that point that we're always becoming, we're always becoming the next best version or the next worst version of ourselves. And I knew that I wanted to become something greater than what I was at that time. Tony, thank you for sharing that. I want to go back to something that you said, because I don't want to gloss over it. And you reiterated that in what you just said, and that is the influence of positive parents, a mom and a dad and being in the company of those who were in the church that did not give up on you, told you the right way, but allowed you to find out the hard way. How do you think that affected them during that three-year time frame that, that you were incarcerated with your background? And the second part of that is, did you have a... Damascus Road experience was it all at once? You went to sleep one night and woke up, and 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 now you had this change of. And I'm gonna my 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 camera went off. I'm gonna cut it out. Oh, there it goes. You 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 had this change of heart, this change of mind. Technology got a new camera and it just does what it wants to do. The a you know what that is? That's the artificial intelligence in the camera. But you you had this change of mind, or was it over a period of time that, with the solitude and processing, that you came to this mind shifting of the mindset that you went in with? So from the time that you get in there, and 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 to answer your first part, like it was it was rough on my family. It was rough on my parents. Um, I had I had a my my oldest daughter was five at that time, six at that time. And, uh, and so that was tough for her. Um, she didn't really understand. Um, and then I had, I had just had my youngest daughter, uh, Thailand and she was, you know, wasn't even one all the way yet. And, and so it was just, it was tough on my wife and she wasn't my wife at that time. It was tough on her. It was tough on the kids. It was tough on my parents. It was tough on the community. It was tough on everybody, especially with my dad being a pastor. Uh, but I'll tell a good story about him, like, and just his steadfastness that that helped reinvigorate the steadfastness in myself as well. Is so whenever I was younger <laughs> at the house, I used to always like if I would leave the house, uh you know, whether I snuck out or whatever the case may be, or just stayed out late, there was this light that he always had on in the living room. And he would, I knew that they were up if that light was on, or I knew that, that he knew that I was gone if that light was on. And, uh, and I'd come home and I'd shut the light off. And one thing that my dad did the whole time I was gone, he said, I got the light still on. I still got the light on. 
and he left that light on for me. And I don't know if he if he changed the bulb or how many times he changed the bulb. <laughs> uh, and then he had one of these like bracelets on that he kept on the whole time. Okay. And so and so those little things, just just small physical acts of of a spiritual steadfastness was was just powerful to me. Um, and and so I knew that it hurt them, and then it hurt the community because he's preaching about it, and they they said that he always talked about it. But um, from the moment you get in there, Pastor Jeff, like you you start doing push-ups, you start doing these things, you start having a clearer mind. And so it started physical. It started with me doing something physical, push-ups, pull-ups, working on my body. And as I was doing that, I was able to, to start thinking a lot clearer. And, and it was a, it's just a daily process. I don't think that that change is, it can happen like that, but it is, is a constant happening because we are always becoming and so it wasn't something that that you know was just like a snap of a finger and that's what it is it was it took time to become where i am now and and where i am now is not even gonna hold a light to where i will be uh in the future like you know and so i just i'm grateful for realizing that we can become greater than what we are right now through through constant uh renewing of the mind the body and the in the soul that's that's good as as we've gone from um the mindset mind shifting and now you shared with the bringing your physical body in into shape through that process and that soul awakening i want to move from that experience of your traumedy, as stars would say, to moving on the path of triumph. So take us to the day that you exited the physical walls of the prison, having already exited the mental walls of your prison. Lock my body, can't trap my mind. I left way before I, I actually physically uh, was released. Um Man, it was amazing. It was amazing. So uh, I had walked down uh, in security. I had been fighting this case while I was gone because while I was guilty of a lot of things, the situation that actually landed me in there um, was not it was not factual. And I, I went through a, like a two day trial. I got sentenced to 140 months federal time on top of my seven years state time. And so I had a great lawyer. I, I ended up fighting this case. And so I was looking at a lot more time than what I did. I, and I was, I was convicted of a lot more time, but it went through the, through the court of appeals and, uh, and all of this stuff is going on. And I, you know, I was getting letters back from, from my attorneys and all this stuff and saying that I was, you know, that, that this had gone through that, that we had won our case in the, in the court of appeals, but there was something that was kind of holding me. And uh, I was real good with the chaplain. I was in with the chaplain really good. Uh, we worked together. I would go down there because they had music. I would play music in the in the in the in the chap in the chapel and uh, led like a choir and had. I mean, it was all kinds of stuff. Um, but he pulled me in there and he started playing. Uh, he started playing some. Uh, who was it? He started playing that never would have made it. Okay, and. And then he showed me that he turned his computer screen around and he showed me my release and I was to be released the next day. 
And I just filled up like I I, like I just it was just I was grateful that I had made it through um, and I had become, you know, somebody that people could come to there. And so I like people were were happy for me and, and I was excited. And it was just a powerful moment. And then my wife came up, she picked me up and we went back home. I surprised my parents. They didn't know exactly when I saw. I surprised them. And uh, they, my mom about fell out of her chair. She said, uh, you know, it was just an amazing thing because we were looking at 140 months is 11 years and eight months. And so we were looking at much more time than what I actually did um, due to the court of appeals. And, I'm, uh, you know, and maybe my case can help somebody else because I became case law that day. And so, okay. um, yeah, that's that's my actual physical experience of 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 release. And I know we got some some places to go. Like, and I know it's it's uh it's it's not a real long show, and I've kind of talked about all of that, but there are some great takeaways from this too, Pastor Jeff. Absolutely. We're gonna get we're gonna get <laughs> to them. We're gonna get to them. This sounds very similar to a story that's in the number one best-selling book of all times. Uh, that story is often called the story of the prodigal son, as you were sharing about your dad, where he kept the light on and he kept the, the, the wristband on. It sounded like that story of him knowing and looking for the son to come in and is already for, forgiven. And so I like that part of the story. As we move on into the triumph let us know what did this new Tony with the keys look like as we carry this theme for those that may be joining in late. We're carrying the theme of Tony with the keys, not only in a musical perspective, but with the keys to success or with the keys to destruction. You you let yourself out of the the, the cell of destruction because Tony with the keys had the key. And now you, the key has been turned to the physical jail. You have been let out. Your home, your parents did not expect to see you. You could have done 11 years more, but the man with the master key. Come on, <laughs> man. He, Come on. He, he turned the key that said, no, you, you not going to do that much time. Yeah, I'm doing everything I can and I start preaching whenever I start talking about all this stuff. But you know, yeah, what? I gotta I, do the same thing because this is our <laughs> show. I can't preach. Look, so I got home, I got home. Um, and and while I had changed internally, while I had changed, everything else had stayed the same. I felt like everything, the people, the places, the things, everything else had stayed the same. And I realized that. I didn't want to get dragged back into the same things that recidivism because it is a it is a mindset it is a uh it is an aura it is a spirit that that recidivism it is something that pulls you back and holds you back and doesn't want you to be the greatest you that you can be and so I realized that there I had to change those those places people and things um and and to to really be who you know, the best, the best me that I could be. And that was some of the things that I did learn while I was gone uh, is, you know, people, places, things can, can get you, make you digress. And uh, man, I went to Walmart and I didn't want to be in Walmart, like around all the people. I didn't, I couldn't make a decision. I was like, I can't even make it. But ultimately um, I, I, I moved over here to Arkansas. This is where my wife was. I moved over here to Arkansas. Um, 
and I was just I was actively trying to find a job, but I didn't want to I didn't want to do a McDonald's. I didn't like I knew that there was something greater than being a waiter. I, and I'm not saying that 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 waiting is wrong. Like I, I still wait on people. I right. do. But I knew that that I had something inside of me that I had to get out. And I, I stumbled up on a sales job uh, in the automotive industry. OK. Um, And sales just seemed really awesome because, like I said, I was really personable. Even when I was gone, I was personable and, and had this attractive character like that I wanted to to share with people. And so it allowed me to to really be who I was and to grow in a different in a different path, in a different way than going in and clocking in and getting a paycheck on Friday and, and leave. Like it, it allowed me to be everything that I could be and get paid for everything that I was able to do. And so right. it was really just a different a different thing like i so anybody who has gone through an incarceration or anything like i would if 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 they will allow it you know uh sales uh everything else was was kind of blocked off because of because of my past uh there okay. was a lot of there was a lot of blockades but um you know i was i was enthusiastic had this charisma and you know, people in the sales community, they see that as as something that is a great trait to be one of their top performers. And I have become a top performer and have then transitioned into into other things. So, uh, yeah, that's that's that answer. Well, I get along with it. People, yeah. You said something about people, places and things. And I would be remiss if I did not ask this question as now you have you're you're out, you, 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 you reunited with your parents. But then you reunite with your family. I want to know, I want you to let the people know what was that transition like being re re-entering into at that point, I would say being uh the father of your children and and having a we'll say a significant other since you wasn't married yet. Yeah. Tell us what that was like from your perspective for your family, for your children and for your now wife, for Tiffany, what, what was that like for them? I realized, uh, so it was, it was exciting for me. It was kind of, uh, you know, the kids were kind of drawn back a little bit. My, my daughter who was six at the time or six at the time, she was now, uh, 10, you know, and so that was that was a different thing. Like I watched her grow up in there where she was sitting on my lap and then she got too big to sit on my lap and visit her. I'm just like, well, baby, you got to sit over there like, you know, and, and watch that in there. And then so our relationship, we, we we're tight like this. My my youngest daughter, um, it was kind of a, a, a shock for her for me to even be around for, be, for me to be there. Uh, my wife loved me and she was, she was there, my, you know, and so it was, it was very different, but I realized something. I realized that I couldn't make up the time that was lost. Mm. I couldn't make it up. No matter what I did, I, that was already gone. All I could do is make do make good with the time that I have left. And, and that mindset right there allowed me to not try to try to kill myself, trying to do everything I can to make up for lost time. But realizing that I have today and I can make the, I can make today the best day that I can. And I have tomorrow. If I wake up, God willing, I have tomorrow. I can make that the best day that I can. And, and every day since then has been 
just great, you know, and I, and I'm so close with all of my children, my wife, like, and, and, and so we're blessed because of that mind frame and not trying to, to make up for lost time. I think that a lot of people try to make up for lost time and, and it's already gone, you know? And so what, what do you have right now that you can do for today, for right now in your life? Well, you've, you've continued to beat the odds. The, the statistics would say that, that your relationship now with Tiffany would have been ended. Uh, it's commendable that she waited not being married to you. Over half of marriages end when the male spouse goes to prison. So you've overcome the odds. Tony, what would you say to that man that is recently gained his 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 physical freedom and he has a family that he's going to with what you've learned what would you say to him i would say um it's really it's really easy to start trying to focus all your attention on on everybody else because you've been gone but you need to stay focused on on who you are and and the story that you're writing like I believe so much in the story that we are that we are telling that we're writing and and making sure that that story says that you're a good man like because the world will look at you on paper and say that you've been through this you've done these things and so statistically you're not you're not good like you're tainted and I believe that we can change that narrative and become something much greater than what our past may say we are and 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 so you're not just writing that story for yourself you're writing that story for your family for your for your children for your legacy so the, so your children don't read that read that story that the the narrative that the world may have them have and so i i think that that's the most powerful thing is to really truly hone in on the story that you that you want to live by and always be becoming always be writing it um and uh and don't don't because you're physically unlocked don't don't get locked up mentally spiritually financially emotionally uh do everything you can to prevent yourself from being locked up in those areas tony sounds like what you experienced was just a slow re-entry both into open society uh, into your family talk about that from the children's perspective um, from the children's perspective, I mean, I think that, that it was fun. Like, like they, me not being around and then, and then coming back, like it was shyness at first because I was in a new space. I was in their space at, at that moment. But, um, as they warmed up and they realized that I wasn't going anywhere and I, and, and, and I wasn't, you know, and they didn't know who I was before. They didn't know the, you know, the, the other stuff that I was doing, but because I was there and I was present and I was, and I was actually present and not trying to do everything that I was doing before. Um, it was, it was much more fruitful and our relationship has grown and fostered and, and really flourished because of that, because I was able to be present and be right there with them. And they were able to see that dad's at the game and, and, you know, it was, it was just, it, it's been it's been a lot more prevalent and present. Like I've been able to be present, and I think that that's the most powerful thing. Is is 
whenever you touch back down, like be present. No, even if you haven't gone anywhere, that's just a powerful takeaway any for anybody. Be present and uh and and you know not not living two things, not always locked in on what's next, like be able to be there whenever you're there. Absolutely. Now, sir, I was going to be returning here in a few minutes, but I want to ask this question again is this is the mind, body and soul awakening show. We've talked about the mind, shared about the physical body, both incarcerated and outside. All who are listening may not believe in the God that you and I believe in, the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. But we all have a soul regardless to what higher power that, that we believe in. As we get to that soul awakening, Tony, I want you to share with those that are listening how important that soul awakening was for you and how it can be for them. It's it's so powerful. Um, it's, it's drawing from source. Um, I believe that 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 situation the awakening part was me realizing that everything around me is connected and that and that 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 conversation where you know you're the the things around you is a manifestation of what was inside of you like it just really helped me understand how connected i am with the world around me how connected everything is and realizing that that god my source is 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 feeding these things into me my mom and i have this this you know it's the verse that we always utilize and it's that all things work together it's romans 8 28 all things work together <laughs> for good to those who are according to you know according to his plan uh to those who are called according to his plan yeah that's all things work together for good for those who are called according to his plan and to me like whenever i start understanding that i realize that even the bad things didn't have to be bad things if i if i had the the mindset that that things could be good and that the the universe god and the angels are conspiring in your favor if you move towards the right the right direction and so i i'm I be, i'm a believer that it's a big conspiracy that a big conspiracy it's a, it's a big conspiracy the the you know the universe god good is all conspiring together in my favor, because I truly believe in the source. I truly believe in God. I believe you in had the no, Lord. you had no way of knowing that was that's that's been my life scripture. Um, that and now we know that all things work together to the good of them that love the Lord. They that are the called according to His purpose. But Tony, as I evolved and as I became um, closer to God, I reframed it and the way i say it now is all things work together for god's good if they work for his good they absolutely have to work for my good but before before stars come up i want to ask you this through that path of triumph was there any professional counseling we as black men don't like to talk about counseling and you know i don't hold back here uh when i'm doing interviews so was there that that professional counseling if so how did it look and if not why not so there have been mentors there have been uh there's been wise counsel there's been church counsel there's been men's groups that i've been a part of there's been uh marriage counseling there's been i mean all of that like i don't i don't turn away from from good counsel 
and I believe that that's that's one of the things that that has helped me uh, as well. Like, and and even whenever I was gone, like I would go and I would see the counselor and talk to the chaplain and and do these things because I believe that it helps to to get that to get that weight out for you to get that that story out to talk about it. I think as men, we carry a lot of weight of the world. We carry a lot of baggage. We try to ho- we try to hold it down so that way we don't show our emotions sometimes. Right. And and I believe that we can harness that energy by talking with others. We don't have to hold on to it, but we can harness it and utilize it for good. Like we can we can take that and use it as a power and 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 actually share it. I think that you know it's 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 real tough for a man to be vulnerable um for some reason but it's required but it is it is so required to to open up and to be open and honest and and vulnerable at times um to to really i mean that's what humbleness is you know to 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 really just be humbled and allow yourself to be humbled and not so haughty or not so so raw and hard like you have to open up sometimes and i think that that really being able to be in settings where I'm able to talk to it, whether it's a group setting or whether it's uh, individual counseling or whether it's uh, couples counseling or therapy or whatever, whatever the case may be, like it's, it's powerful or a mentorship or having somebody who can, who uh, elders, like it is important to have those, those people in your life. So you're not going through this thing by yourself. Absolutely. Anything that's under, anything that's under constant negative pressure, is going to break. And so that counseling is so very important. Tony, take a moment and talk to that brother by another mother that's in their 20s. That's the the old you. Talk to that that young man now and from from your experience, give give them a word of ex- advice uh from somebody who's already been there. Um, get your mind right, get your mind right, like do the right thing, man. You got everything going for you, you got everything going for you, and the enemy doesn't want to see you win. Uh, the enemy is going to take shots at your family through you, the enemy is going to take shots at your community through you, the, en- the enemy is going to try to take shots at your legacy through you because you have something powerful inside of you, have something powerful. You were meant for much more than what you're giving the world right now. And if you truly believe that, if you truly believe that and you look inside of yourself and know that there's more inside of you, then you won't you won't even pay attention to those negative ideas, those negative thoughts, that negative energy that's around you. And you'll be the best version of yourself. So um, don't let the enemy win. Don't let the, he knocking at the door. Don't let the devil in. Believe in God. Trust in it. Yeah. Anthony Washington, thank you so much for coming and sharing with us, being vulnerable. Open up your heart, allowing PJ this opportunity to give you an exclusive interview. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you, Stars Tina, for creating this platform where men are respected and men can be heard without the interruption of the voice of a woman. And with that being said... (laughs) 
So when you hear some like Mike back to you. So if you hear some extra oomph in his voice when he I says mean, that, I mean he he did throw a couple of extras in there. Like it's cool though. It's cool because you because you it's you intentional. It's intentional. The way he's talking is like women don't let men speak or something. I don't know. Stars, women. Will, oh, I'm not gonna touch that. I I, I will. Women. Yes, he will. Some, some women. Some women may give space for the man to speak, but what they've said prior to it will often cause him not to take advantage of that opportunity to speak. And so okay. women need to learn how to speak with respect. As long as a man feels respected, he will become comfortable in speaking. But when he's disrespected or violated, He's going in that cave, that man cave, and he's not going to speak to you anymore. Yeah, he'll he'll talk to you, but he's not going to come from the depth of his heart with you because you took advantage of it when he did. Do and not you personally, but when a woman does that, I think that I think that uh, since from our conversation, like even there's there's those relationship uh, prisons too, mm -hmm. those bounds, and sometimes that's that's a that's one of those that's part of it. Not all the time, not all the time, but yeah, sometimes that, that could be a true statement. So ladies, <laughs> hear this ladies, we don't want to disrespect the man or what was the other one? Did, why'd you roll your eyes when you, you saw that? Look, she, she said that with a little condemnation in it, didn't she? She uh, looked up and looked see, back I'm at not the gonna camera. Just talk yeah. about the women. We men also have to learn that when we talk to our women, when we talk to our, 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 our ladies, that we can hear the same thing, but we process it different. So one of the things that I've learned to do is to ask the question, is this something you want me to fix? Or is this just you want me to listen? Because oftentimes mm -hmm. men don't realize that the lady already know what she's going to do. She just wants you to listen. And when she's done sharing, we're off to fixing. And then we mess it up because she didn't want it fixed. <laughs> and that's where the, the, the friction comes in the relationship. So we both men and women need to learn that men's brains operate one way. Women's brains operate another way. We can hear the exact same thing. Starstina, I'll use this example because it's, it's an example that, that often happens in a relationship, married or not. So Pete comes in and Pete says, hey, hey, hey Tina, uh, I'm, I'm going out. I, I want to go out with, with, with the guys tonight. You've already planned that, you know, you didn't, you didn't plan something special and you really don't want them to go out. However, you say to him when he says, is it, is it all right? You okay with that? And, and you say, yeah. Oh, no, not me. Well, okay, for, 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 the, for the women who would just say, would say, yeah, as a man, when you said, yeah, that's what we took it. So we go out on our happy way, go out and come back in, and now we don't get talked to for a month. We all have no idea what in the world is wrong because you said, yeah. Now, if Tony and I was talking and we say something, we understand exactly what we're saying because we're men. We have the man brain. And so we both, men and women, have to learn the language 
of their spouse. So that takes work on both parts. I'm not going to just there's, batter the women. There's a body language and, and, and I think that in conversations, there's what they call context. So context clues is we can, we can derive what we're, you know, sometimes we hear what we want to hear and, uh, Sometimes it's not what we need to hear. So yeah, it's a good book. I forgot who it's by. His needs, her needs is a, a good book to, to dive into that. Understanding our love languages is another good book for us to identify what the love languages is. So our love banks are, are, are filled up. And then just having the willingness to listen, to understand and not to be heard. And when we can do that, that number one best-selling book says simply treat others the way that God has treated you. And that's my paraphrase. Love God with everything and then love your neighbor, whatever it is, as you love yourself. So basically, that's just saying extend the grace and mercy that God gives us to others especially to those that we are married to or in a relationship with. Oh, and that's why you've been married so long, PJ. Well, I don't know about that, but we'll, that, that's another stuff. <laughs> Let me I have, I have been, I've enjoyed this, Tina. I've enjoyed this, <laughs> Pastor Jeff. And uh, I'm looking forward to coming back and, and bantering yeah. with you guys. Like y'all are awesome. And I love, I love our conversations. Yay. We have you been married everybody. Have you been married more than twice? No, no. One marriage. Um, we got married on the 4th of July of 2022. Sweet, sweet. So we, we've been together for a long time, for about 15 years. And that was a part, that was one of those things too, Pastor Jeff. Like I wasn't, I, you know, it is what, what it is. But long? 15 that's years? That's the thing. That's the thing. Is I Nobody was, time for that. I'm saying in and out over 15 years, like I was, I wasn't. I wasn't husband material back then. <laughs> At least you she, can acknowledge that. She's always been wife material. I wasn't husband material for sure. That's that's the case sometimes, Tony. Uh, but, but I'm here now, baby. I'm here now. Why you ask Tony that question? I'm because we now. need men. We need men that were married two times or more for our final episode. Tony, we want to do an episode with men that have been married two times or more, if you know any. That's why you asked him that question. Y'all hear that, man? If you've been married more than twice, <laughs> like PJ, I've been married twice. <laughs> Look, if you've been married more than twice. Well, this is the third marriage here or the second marriage, PJ? No, no, my second marriage. So the, we, we need folks who've been married at least twice. And uh, we, we're going to have a conversation with you. If because y'all talk twice, about that and my wife just opened the door looking at me. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, no, Tiffany, he's not thinking about getting married a third time. Uh, no, no, no. Don't let PJ get you in trouble tonight. I think she heard me yelling, like, I'm a husband now. I'm a... I think she heard me. <laughs> no, no, mama. Oh, let's get out of here. Tony, thank you for rolling up. PJ, fun, fun. We will be back here next week. Same time, same station. Peace. And a bottle of hair grease. Ciao, ciao. Bye bye. Yes.